Hey everyone, I'm Louie. And I'm Valerie, and this is Musical Tangents. Where we just talk different things about music. Welcome! So Valerie is back for the first time in a while to our podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be back. So the topic that we wanted to explore a little bit is mental health and music or the relationship between uh, musicians, mental health and music and what music does to people. So one of the ways that I wanted to approach this topic uh, is exploring, first of all, just based on our experiences, how it feels to perform music in front of people. So I think it's a term that's been already spoken about numerous times, performance anxiety, right? It's a very common thing where it's not necessarily a diagnosed mental health condition per se, but when you get in front of people to do speech or acting performances of any sort, your brain kind of goes numb and you can't think, you can't perceive what you're doing. I think a lot of people generally have that experience more so than people want to admit or people want to think about it in that sense. So we wanted to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. Valerie, um, you being a pianist for a while, you've ex- you have experience of performing pieces in front of people. Several and- times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, just you know, in general, how it feels for you when you first take your step onto the stage and you pass the curtain and you finally kind of see the crowd. And, you know, like, what's your first thing, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? It can be really, really nerve-wracking. I've performed for rooms that are filled to the brim with people, and I've performed in empty college recital halls. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like, and honestly... I feel like performing in a room full of people is easier than performing in a room with just a few people. The, I feel like when it's a bit more intimate, you feel like they're listening to you a little bit closer. Maybe analyzing what you're doing a little bit more. Wait, so you think it's it's harder to do it in a room that's smaller or? Yes. Oh, I see. Um, so, But tell me just in general, like what you what goes through your mind and like what you're thinking about and things like that. This, I feel like I can, I can give you two answers here because before about before last year, I would give you, or last year I would have given you a much different answer than I would today. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I've worked a lot with just like giving like performing in multiple ways, whether that's giving a presentation, a speech, performing, um, f- for whatever reason and a year ago I would have told you like seeing the crowd walking past the curtain is the most nerve-wracking experience and I'm just immediately well I'm already I'm already nervous filled with anxiety but then going out there it's kind of like a blank wall and it's like well I hope I can get through this <laughs> but now after really working on performing and working on performance anxiety and kind of getting past my own mental hurdles 
going past the curtain and seeing the crowd, it's almost like flipping a switch and being like, okay, now it's time to get this done. Mm -hmm. It's time to present to these people what I've worked on and convince them that my interpretation is what I'm trying to say, whatever I'm trying to say. Or valid. Or valid. Yeah, in a yeah. way. I like my, I like the first thing I have in my head is like, I have a goal to do and I'm going to accomplish this goal in the next minute and 30 second for a piece to five minutes, 10 minutes for a piece or a presentation or whatever. So how did you, how did it become easier when it became easier? I mean, I, I can see, and, and this is just based on my experience, when I've seen you in the past, I could tell that you were a little more nervous and you would kind of stop talking to people. You would be like, oh, okay, now it's time for me to just work through this. You kind of mm -hmm. look like you were in a lot of just <laughs> disarray in some sort of pain yeah. that was unimaginable. But I think now you don't have that much going on after a bit, after a bit of time. And I, I guess my question, next question is how did you work on overcoming that fear or anxiety of performing or being in front of other people, no matter what the size of the room is? I think that had a lot to do with, not coming how do I put this like learning more about myself I guess before I didn't mm, really know who I was and after like kind of coming to terms with different things or just like kind of figuring out a little like I still don't I still don't know what I'm doing in the world but figuring it out a little bit more and also I think the main thing is forcing myself to do it to a point that like I got comfortable like mm -hmm. so in studio class forcing myself to volunteer to perform every week being in public speaking courses that require me to speak in front of people and then I just got to a hurdle where it's like it's not that like serious all the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like what's what your brain is telling yourself is not true no like I can assure you nobody's going to think about how you played in class like an hour after class <laughs> Unless except, you... except for the professor your professor might <laughs> but like the other people in the class like that's it's not necessarily actually about you it's about what you're trying to convey i think that's really interesting though because i think in a lot of areas of you know if they want to be professional i guess I don't really like saying or distinguishing what's professional and what's not professional. But I think a lot of people who say, well, if you want to be professional, you have to be a certain way. You have to have certain standards, certain disciplines. But you're, based on what you're telling me, you perceive it more as more or less less serious than what you actually think it is right so like for example and i think that's one of the reasons why originally um there there were some theater actors who have termed or coined the term their players than you know actors they perceive what they're doing on stage as more of just playing an act of play right so it's not like a serious philosopher <laughs> thespian kind of thing 
which I mean, you know, if you if that's what you want, I mean, might as well go for it. But I think for people who struggle with anxiety, they can take a little bit of advice about that. Like, don't take everything too serious. I mean, you know. Yeah, because I prior like performances when I was younger, and even when I first got to college. It was just very, everything was very much so in my head, like I would get to the bench, and then let's say if I was at something where I could have the music in front of me, the notes turned into scribbles. Like I couldn't, like I physically Uh could not read the music anymore, or if I, if it was a memorized piece and there was a section I didn't, I couldn't remember, it was, it was just gone from my memory. Um, It was like my, like everything about my brain would just like shut off, Mm -hmm. but and I think it also has to do with, like, being in a better place outside of the performance. Like, if you're, if you have a lot, <coughs> if you have a lot Sorry. going on, <laughs> if you have a lot going on in your personal life, sometimes it gets dragged into the performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally figuring out how to navigate that. It's a balancing act. Yeah. And I think a big thing is it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It takes years of discipline. And some kind of practice. Mm -hmm. I think performance is in and of itself needs practice. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, if if they're actors, if they're pianists, if you're a musician who's listening to this. Don't just, I, I mean, I understand, like, being stuck in a pra- practice room, mm-hmm. you want to nail a passage down, whether you're a guitarist, if you're a guitarist, you want to copy someone else's riff, and you want to do it perfectly, I understand that, and you want to put in the effort of learning it as much as you can, but I think trying to play that in front of other people, or play it to just random people sometimes, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in classes or not and get their idea get their opinions like what do you think is missing so i think in that sense it's important for people to just practice performing Mm -hmm. um next question is what about what happens i guess if like would you just recommend people kind of forcing their way into overcoming that anxiety because you know there might be some people who might say that's that doesn't sound right or that doesn't sound like a good idea of some sort so like again i'm just trying to kind of ask Mm -hmm. you questions because you obviously kind of overcame your anxiety you kind of it's not done i know i know never like it will never be that's true completely overcome i guess but you've overcome a lot of Mm -hmm. hurdles that might have you know added to your anxiety burdens burdens of anxiety yeah so would you still recommend or advise people who struggle with performance anxiety just you know kind of like what you did force force themselves into situations where they have to perform or how else can they figure it out? Or, you know, like, or if it's too bad, would we, do we have to recommend, like, quitting music? Because a lot of music making has to involve performance of some sort, so. Mm, I mean, not necessarily. If you're just, like, messing around for, like, 
to have like fun with music on your own. I don't think you have to perform. But if you're like looking to be a concert pianist, well, or any <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah, like band singer or yeah, yeah the for uh, what's the term? Frontman of the yeah. band, you know. It's gonna um, be a little tougher. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like going and like performing in like a subway or like a train station or whatever it might not be like what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just like your friends are over and they're like, play something. Don't like. I would be like, oh, I can't play anything right now. Like, just go like play anything. Play something. Something is better than nothing. Yeah. Or if you like, even if it's like just an opportunity to speak in class, like if you have something to say, then like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, and I want to kind of go back to what you said in the uh, in like just a few minutes ago. It is in their head. So like one thing that I always tell people, anxiety or feeling anxious when you're about to perform something in front of a lot of people that's a good thing in a way because that means one you care Mm -hmm. (laughs) you care about what you're about to perform in front of people but also it is a good thing that you feel anxious because you know how do i put this in in uh in a sense that makes more sense to people so like you know, if not only do you care, but you want to be almost accountable for your failure. So, like, you know, like mm. you're afraid that you're going to fail. That's, I think, one of the root causes, one of the root causes of yeah. feeling anxious before performing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also, you know, it speaks a volume about your personality. So, like, if you're not... If you're careless, for example, and if you don't really care about what you're about to perform, no reason for you to be necessarily anxious about what you're about to say in front of people. However, on the other hand, it kind of shows your character as a person because it tells me that you want to like accurately convey what you've practiced. Mm -hmm. You don't like that's not just being careful. That's wanting to take responsibility if you convey something wrong, right? So it's a daunting task no matter how you look at it. So one of the things that I always tell people is that if you feel anxious, one of the best ways to do it is get an idea of why you feel anxious. There are many causes that might make you feel anxious. So like one of the one of the things that I want to ask you is what other things do you think kind of made you feel anxious before performing in front of a lot of people and things like that? Other than the fact that of course, like number of people are watching you, first of all, what could be another thing? Well, in the, in kind of the sense of like a classical concert pianist, well, there's this culture of no mistakes or perfection. Mm-hmm. So I think it's this, this anxiety of reaching a perfection that can never be attained. Yeah. And I think that's like an anxiety that will never go away. Because they're always like, if you just keep going, you know, like if you make a mistake, they probably won't even hear it. Well, they will. 
I mean, they, they might. might. They might. Um, I think but... that's a better way to think about it. It's it's not that yeah. they will. It's not one hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah. I think there's it's it's more anx- anxious driving because anxiety driving because you know there's a chance that they mm-hmm. might. I think yeah. that's why. So I think that's the biggest. It, for me in the past was like making mistakes. Making mistakes. Because like like you said, we practice and we want to convey what we've practiced for for How months, many hours? for months, months years yeah. in some <laughs> cases. And the idea of like all of that work coming down to a minute mistake, to a large mistake, and it's all pressured into this one recital sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it can be very stressful. Okay, so then my next question is, um, do you feel more anxious when you're playing in, like you talked about small room versus large room. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little more about that. So like, I think there could be, if if we just divide the spaces into two, Mm -hmm. I think let's divide then the people who's attending your performance as two as well. So... One group might be someone who you completely don't know. So like complete strangers versus people you know, including friends, family. And I'm not going to go in between of, well, I know this person, but he's yeah, like, we, you know, we let's don't have just to include acquaintances. Yeah. Let's just imagine a situation or I, I'm thinking in terms of like research. So like it's okay. independent variables. Okay. So. There are two levels of variables. One is the space. So, for example, a large hall. You've played in Singletary Center, like mm-hmm. recital halls, multiple times. So, like, that kind of recital hall where you can control how much you can see the audience or not. Yeah. And potentially, even if you can't see them because they're in the dark, there could be, like, up to 300 people in that room. Yeah. Versus small room where you can see everybody. You can practically mm-hmm. see everybody. And so that's first condition. So what's worse? A small room filled with strangers or big hall filled with people that you know? Oh, the big hall filled with people that you know. That would so, be way worse. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. Okay. So tell well, me about that. I guess you've got you've got it I'm let why don't we break it up into small room? Big hall, uh-huh. people you know, people you don't know. Right. So there are four yeah. cases. Technically. I typically don't prefer performing in a large hall. I mean, my goal is not really to be a concert pianist at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So like enjoying the size of the hall is not a big concern for me <laughs> right now. Um, but I don't I, when you perform in a smaller room, I feel like there's a little bit more control. A, it's easier to project it. <laughs> Then it's, it's easier to perform in a smaller room. But when you walk out into something like Singletary and they have this big light shining in your eyes and like I, f- you physically cannot actually see the crowd. Well, it's kind of like, what are they doing out there? They could they could be doing anything. <laughs> and B, you feel kind of like lonely. It almost actually feels um, like you're alone. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. It, it's like it, they'll be like you'll hear them clap and then it's dead silence. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. Versus in a smaller room, you walk out, you bow, they clap. You can still see them and you can hear, still hear like some people scuffling around, someone's that's foot moves, something fall or whatever. And I just, 
I just prefer the more intimate setting. Now, a different person might feel another way, but that's just what I like. But you prefer playing in front of people that you know. I mean, honestly, that just depends on the day. It depends on it depends on what what. So you don't always prefer playing for the people that you know. Yeah, sometimes performing for strangers kind of like you're just kind of like, eh, it is what it is. I guess. Because, per- I mean, there's a mm-hmm. sense that you won't see them <laughs> at yeah. the performance. But performing for people you know, they'll be honest with you. And they'll be like, well, that really wasn't your best performance, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come up to you. It was good, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it can be like performing for others. Or you'll perform for people that you know that aren't super familiar with, like, the type of music that I'm playing or whatever. And they'll be like, wow, that was so amazing, even though I know I bombed it <laughs> and it's like oh well thanks <laughs> so there are multiple factors i yeah. think in in yeah but I, I'll, i will say this i recently had a performance and i didn't my friend wasn't she didn't know if she'd be able to make it at the end of the day she did come but i couldn't see her when i first came out and at the end of the performance when i saw my friend i was just filled with like so much joy and happiness that like she cared she came and um it just sometimes seeing the people you know in the crowd or like even if it's like my mom or um someone else in my family that's like hey i watched the live stream of your performance that does that does feel really good like but while i'm performing eh, i don't really care but that's more like after performing when i know that right someone i'm friends with or my family comes that feels better after but like while i'm performing i'm like in my headspace. Well, yeah, I think I think that's another, yeah, good point because when you're technically when you're performing, you shouldn't be thinking about what the people are thinking. Yeah, I mean that's too much thinking going on in your head already. <laughs> I don't have enough room for that many thoughts. <laughs> well, and I, well, that's what I mean. But like, it's not just you. I think it's multiple people. I don't care how good people are with multitasking. You can't think two thoughts at the yeah. same time. Like, if you're really concentrating, I think if you want to really focus on your performance, you cannot be possibly thinking about, oh, that person sitting in row H, you know, 16 seed is thinking about this. You can't possibly do that, right? No. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, there might be some people who do that. I don't know. But w- when you're performing, um, what's something that you care the most, I guess, is it is it just you know playing the right notes or is it you know giving them the right sound? I guess right note would automatically kind of mean right sound, but not always. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when we talk about it, we're always like we want to portray the right story mm-hmm. with like we want to portray our story with thinking about the sound. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're really nervous that just yeah it goes away your brain throws it out and all you can do is well hopefully i hit the right yeah (laughs) at the right time um but that's when i go on when i like sit down and if if it's not a memorized performance and i'm looking at the music i'm like remember this like for instance i played a polka a few days ago for a performance my what I was thinking was, remember 
this is supposed to sound like something people could dance to. You want people tapping their foot in their seats, maybe moving their shoulders a little bit because in today's culture, they're not going to actually go get up and dance. But like, I mean, they might. But the goal is you want them to feel like this is something that they can dance to. And the kind of the story like behind the piece that we had was like these two people dancing in this little pub because it wasn't it was like a fun, lighthearted piece. So that's like what I'm thinking about is like, what is the overarching goal of the piece? Mm -hmm. And I sit down and I'm like, this is what I'm trying to do and throw everything else out. Yeah, I really think it the anxiety, once you kind of begin the piece, and if you're speaking, public speaking sense, once you kind of start the first sentence, it's done. I mean, mm -hmm. when I say it's done... You're, there's no turning back and leaving the stage. I'm sure you can. Like, in reality, you could probably just play one phrase and just be like, I, I, I can't do this, right? I, that's a legitimate thing. But generally speaking, once you took that step, that means at least you've kind of taken your mind off of that burden. So I think just, you know, if you feel anxious when you're on stage... I guess our, well, I don't have any advice, but one of the ways that helped me. <laughs> okay, thanks, Louis. Well, because, you I'm know, like, with you. I don't want to be responsible for someone else's, <laughs> you know, mental health. That's a, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not These certified yet. These are all yet. suggestions that have helped us. Yeah. That you so, could use, but it's not medical advice. No, no. And, you know, well, one thing that I always tell people is like, Put on a different persona. So, like, when you go on stage, uh, and maybe this is because I've come from an acting background, not necessarily music background. When I'm on stage, I was never me. It was mm -hmm. not me that I was portraying. It was someone else. It was a character that I was portraying. So, in that sense, you know, kind of like the same way with the piano performance, like, when you're on stage, you're on stage. Like you're you're not going to be intimate with the audience members, big or small, right? So I think that's what you meant by switching, kind of like mm -hmm. you know, switch turn off the switch of yourself and turn on the switch of like, okay, it's a go time and you know, you go out and perform. That to me it was helpful because you know, when I was playing piano for the first time, and unlike you, actually, I think this is one difference. You didn't get to perform in Singletary for a while because of COVID mm -hmm. when you first came to the college. My first performance was at Singletary, and <laughs> I did not know how to play piano. I could barely read music. So, and on top of that, I was premiering my own piece and my own composition, even at that time. Um, so when I got on stage, I was like, okay, if I just go out as myself, I would look like an amateur pianist. The audience probably would notice it. So I just put on a persona of, no, I'm just going to pretend that I actually know how to play. So And then I went on stage and I did play, I think, relatively well for a first time piano performance. That really helps you because... You might feel like, <sighs> like this after the performance and before the performance. 
but when you are performing, it's going to reduce your like anxiety level and stress mm-hmm. level a little bit where you don't have to concentrate on that. You don't have to concentrate. I don't want to say your emotion, but you're not concentrating what other people are making you feel like you're not thinking about your reaction to what other people are thinking. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, one way to think about it as well. Yeah, I do think it's important to remain authentic, though. That's Some people true. do talk about, like, create an alter ego. And, like, the super famous one is Beyonce's, like, Sasha Fierce when she when she performs. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. I'm teaching Louis about pop culture. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, Beyonce has this alter ego for when she performs called Sasha, Sasha Fierce. In the- Sasha Fierce. Yes. But, um... I think that can be really useful. I thought I think it can also be a little bit dangerous. Oh, I mean, yeah. In that, like, you still want to remain authentic to yourself because an audience can always tell when your performance is not, like, being true to who you are or, like, the piece that you're playing. Yes. Well, yes and no. I think that's one of the areas that I have to say, you know... When I say you have to put on a different persona, I'm not talking about just create another person mm. on stage. Your music is going to sound like your music anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, my point to that was, so for example, let's say Valerie learns Moonlight Sonata. Okay. Just because everyone knows that piece. Yeah. And let's say I learn Moonlight Sonata. No matter what we do... To overcome our anxiety, yeah. it's going to sound like our like our playing. Mm-hmm. Like your playing is going to sound very different from mine by default. Mm-hmm. There's not a chance that it's gonna sound similar unless yeah. we really try hard, I guess. I don't I don't think we would do that either. That's even if we tried really hard, I think it could be very, very difficult. No, yeah, for yeah, sure. But anyway, my point to that was in that sense, we have to always be authentic when we're practicing and rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Because even if you put on a persona, when you go on stage, your music has to remain yourself. It, that's Because that's a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I guess we always talk about like rehearse like you're performing. Like practice mm-hmm. like you're performing. Because it's going to come on stage, you know, without any veils covering (laughs) covering it up so yeah